Hey guys, welcome back to another Trucking Made Successful podcast. And you know what, you guys, I decided, you know, after popular demand on my YouTube channel, I mean, you guys are right. Uh, a lot of you are actually not really watching the videos. You are listening to what I am saying. But having videos where I have a ton of visuals and I don't really explain them verbally because I rely on people actually watching the videos, it's not really fair to those of us or those of you who are actually behind the wheel, staying safe and just want to listen and still understand the gist of what is going on. So starting today, I decided, you know what, I'm going to continue making my YouTube videos because I know they help a lot of people, but I'm just going to double it as a podcast where I actually verbally explain what is going on. And that way I can make it easier for everyone to follow along. Now, before I forget, my name is Miranda. I'm going to be your host. I have a YouTube channel called Trucking Made Successful as well, where I teach about the freight market, the trucking industry, what's going on. I try to give tips and tricks to be more successful. Basically, my whole thing is about teaching people and not gatekeeping information. But today will be a little bit of a different topic, and we're going to discuss whether it's a good time to get into the trucking industry as of what is it today, July 24th, 2023. So the reason I came up with this topic is because I was going through all the emails and I get a ton of emails from you guys. Everyone has their own individual questions related to their own operations or their own dreams. But there are three categories of emails that I get on a daily basis. Number one is, is this a good time to get into the trucking industry, right? Everyone wants to know whether this is the right time to actually take the plunge. Number two is when will the market improve, right? This is for people who are either looking seriously into getting into the trucking industry or those that are in it and are trying to survive. And number three, I get questions about how to obtain MC and DOT numbers, right? People are actually looking to get into this industry. So. Today, I decided, you know what, I'm going to make a podcast and a video as well about whether this is a good time to get into the industry and, of course, whether there is any money to be made if you actually do take the plunge. Now, of course, from all of these emails that I have been getting and just from the sheer amount of emails asking the same exact question... It surprises me. I'm sure it surprises a lot of you, but people still have a very high interest in actually getting into the trucking industry, despite the fact that the overall situation in the freight market is, well, less than ideal would be putting it in a very nice way. (laughs) Now, the reason I think there's such a high interest is because of what happened in 2021. And of course, in 2021, I think everybody who was even remotely connected to the world realized that trucking is a place where you can make more or less, quote unquote, easy money. Now, the problem, of course, is the fact that 2021, as I keep saying in my videos, 2021 was a unicorn year. There were a ton of things, things that no one would have expected that had to come together. It was a perfect storm of things that happened that made the trucking industry so successful that year. 
And just for those of you who are new and who are not familiar, 2021, as I said, was a perfect storm. What happened? Well, on one hand, we had COVID, right, which resulted in lockdowns. And that meant that people were sitting at home bored out of their minds. On the other hand, we had those stimulus checks, the government giving away free money to all these people who are sitting at home, not really spending much, right? They're not working either. Some of them are working from home. Some of them are not working at all. But all of a sudden, these stimulus checks start appearing in everyone's mailboxes. By the way, I have a bone to pick with the government. I did not receive mine, so I don't know what that's about. But yeah, people were getting free money, and of course, that means the size of their wallets just increased by that amount and pair that with boredom. Of course, we have a situation where people start buying stuff they don't need. Now, pair that also with the fact that any restaurant, movie theater, any entertainment facility or any services, they're also on lockdown. So people cannot spend money on services. They're also not spending money on fuel because no one is leaving their house. So now they have all this cash sitting around. They're bored out of their minds. What can they do to keep themselves from going completely insane? Well, online shopping, of course. So as people are spending more and more money online, of course, the volumes in the freight market start increasing, and that means that these are things that can go on a truck, right? So as this happens, during that time, the capacity was still very, very low compared to today, at least. So here we have increasing volumes, right? A ton of freight to move and just not enough trucks to move it. What is going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is the rates for each of those loads are going to go up because brokers and shippers understand that they cannot just find capacity easily. So they have to give an incentive. Now, as this starts happening throughout 2020, late 2020 and 2021, of course, the word gets out that trucking is a place where the rates are insane. People were making a ton of money. Personally, we made $44,000 net twice in October and in December for one reefer truck. And we were running just Washington, Utah, Oregon, California, sometimes hitting Idaho. You know, this was our route. And this was not the best market compared to other places. And we made 44 grand twice net after expenses on just one reefer truck. So, of course, no surprise there that people were super interested in getting into this industry. So just to give you an idea, this is a little bit of a backstory, of course, but, but this is why there is such a huge interest in this industry in general. So, of course, people are not stupid, right? We all like to think that we're the smartest ones in the room and everyone else is an idiot, but that is just not true. People who are interested in entering this uh, industry they're not stupid. They understand what is happening. Maybe not to the depth that they should, but or to the degree that they should, but they do understand what is going on. It's all over the news, freight waves, all over the YouTube channels. Anywhere you look, it's going to say that the freight market is in a disastrous situation right now. But still, nevertheless, I get the question of the year. Is it a good time to get into the trucking industry? And of course, this question is always followed by the money question. Can you actually make money in this industry right now? So let's go ahead and try to dissect this question and answer it. Now, 
what I will be doing is I'll be going through everything that you would have to consider before you make the plunge into the trucking industry. Now, just so we're all clear, I am not here to discourage or encourage anyone to do something. I'm here to simply give you the facts so that you can make a well-rounded decision on your own. So my position throughout this video will be completely neutral, just as it should be. Okay, first things first, and I want to just, I want to make this as realistic as possible. So I'm going to be using a ton of my own numbers. I know that numbers are never interesting to listen to, especially when you don't have a visual chart that supports it, but I'll try to make it as easy to understand as possible. And one of the things that I want to start with is what is the actual startup cost of getting into this industry. Something that I have realized is a lot of people are angry. You know, we built such an amazing community on YouTube and I do read all of those comments. And one of the biggest things that people are angry about is how easy it is to actually get into the trucking industry, right? And they are correct. It's relatively easy. So let's talk about startup costs, right? So number one, I'll tell you what our startup costs were in 2019. We started with one truck that we pre-ordered, paid cash for. We started with one reefer trailer that was brand new that we paid cash for. And then a bunch of tools and everything, right? And I'm going to go through these with you. But the total cost out of pocket for us was $253,793. Now, I understand this is an insane amount. And to be honest, if I were to redo it, I would not do what I did in 2019. But back then, I didn't know any better. You know, I was kind of an idiot. I didn't know anything about the trucking industry. So I just went with the flow wherever it took me. So let's break it down now. First of all, first things first, in order to open our trucking company, I used the services of Apex Capital. And they basically got me the MC number, the DOT number, BOC3, UCR, the 2290 highway use tax fee, the actual tax I had to pay myself. They got me the state permits except for Oregon. And then there was a service fee. So in terms of the service fee, that was $685 by itself. That's just to get them to help us uh, with the opening of the trucking company. In terms of MC and DOT, that was $300. That never changes. UCR was 64 something. Then there was BOC3, which was $150. The state permits are cheap. They're $13.50 and so on and so forth. Then we had other permits, right? The Oregon permit is another permit we wanted because we were planning to operate within the state of Oregon often or pass through Oregon. So that is a $2,000 bond. Now this is returnable to you, but this is an out-of-pocket cost. Then we had the 2290, the IRP plates, the IFTA, truck decals, MCP permit. If you guys don't know what that is, that's for California carriers. Then we had some tools like GPS, auto socks, fuel cards, toll passes, ELDs. We had the drug and alcohol consortium, the load board. And of course, the bulk of that cost um, was the truck and the trailer, right? The truck was over 164 grand and the trailer was $76,500 that we paid cash. We had insurance without physical damage since it was paid out. The insurance was a down payment of $4,640. 
no physical damage, and then there were mailing fees. But basically, that all came out to around $253,793. This was the startup cost. Now, again, I understand that this is absolutely crazy. So I came up with some numbers where I removed things that are not necessary, right? Things that are optional. And I also included the idea of financing that truck and trailer. And what I did was I just put down payments here for now. So in terms of the MC number, BOC3, UCR, you know, that doesn't change. What I removed was state permits, the Oregon permit, service fees, the various tools like GPS, auto socks, fuel cards, toll passes, because some carriers don't use them, right? And what I did with the truck and trailer, I put the down payment for the truck almost at 20000 and for the trailer at $9,180. Then I also added in physical damage because something you have to remember is if you are financing your equipment, the financing company will almost always require you to get physical damage, which in this example, I assume is 5% of the price. It depends on where you are. But the total startup cost in this scenario would be around $40,500. So not as bad as 253000 But this is something that a lot of people don't understand. They forget about IRP plates. They forget about the amount of documentation required to actually start. They forget about the fact that you have to get physical damage. They forget about the fact that insurance is probably going to cost you higher as a new venture. And if you're a new CDL holder, Oh, yikes. Just recently, I was looking at insurance companies that would insure a new CDL driver for us, right, under a company that our second company, which is 18 months old. The quote they gave me per unit with physical damage was $51,000 per year. That is how insane it is. So insurance, of course, is something that's up in there, especially today. Okay. Now that we looked at the startup costs, right, something that a lot of people underestimate, unfortunately, but let's say you're one of those people who actually has cash laying around and that is absolutely not a problem. Now let's talk about the market, right? The market is very, very important to understand what to expect. So here, I know you can't see the charts, but I'll tell you the average spot rates for each equipment type as of last week. The average spot rate for a flatbed currently on the spot market is $2.45, right? It can be lower or higher depending on where you are. For a reefer, the average is $2.27 per mile. This is loaded. This does not include deadhead. This is loaded. For a dry van, it's $1.96 per mile. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, we have to figure out how much gross income you can actually make. Now, I base this on 10,000 miles per month, pretty much a full working month, right? It's not as crazy as what my business partners do, but 10,000 miles per month is a full working month. So let's take the flatbed first, $2.45 average. It's an ideal world where the average spot market rate does not change no matter where you go. That's $24,500 in gross income in that one month. For the reefer, 10,000 miles, $2.27 average. That's $22,700 per month. For a dry van, it comes out to $19,600. Now, this all looks 
wonderful, right? And this is where the problems start happening. So we have to consider our expenses. And first, I'm going to tell you how people usually estimate, right? Before they enter this industry, they have an idea of some fixed expenses they will have. They estimate other fixed expenses. And a lot of the time, something that I'm seeing is that they underestimate their expenses. So let's say that you are a flatbed driver making $24,500 per month because it's a perfect world. And then you start estimating that your truck and trailer payments will be around $2,750 per month. Your insurance with cargo, liability, and physical damage is $1,700 per month. Then you have the load board. You estimate $6,500 in fuel expenses, $2,000 for maintenance per month. You have the driver salary. A lot of people want to get in and delegate, right? $6,000 per month, 60 cents per mile. This does not include workman's comp. It does not include employer's taxes. Let's say you also have a dispatcher that you delegate to 5%. And then we have other things. Well, on a flatbed, from $24,500, you're left with $3,308 net after those estimated expenses. For a reefer, the expenses don't change. It's just that the reefer rate per mile currently is lower than a flatbed. So from the $22,700 of gross income, you're left with $598 in profit. With a dry van that is currently averaging at $1.96 per mile, you're left with negative $1,346. So you just lost money. But this is an estimate. So what I did was I just took the average rate per mile, pretended that you are driving 10,200 miles per month. And then I put in our actual expenses, right? Truck payment, $3,500, $995 trailer payment, $1,800 insurance. And this is for a four-year-old company, right? Load board, everything. I estimated the driver salary at 60 cents per mile, dispatch 5%. Well, here the numbers change, right? The gross income is going to be a little bit more because from 10,000, I estimated 10,200 miles. But for a flatbed that earns 24,990 gross, they're left with $2,349 at the end of the month in profit. For a reefer, $23,154 gross, you're left with $604 net profit. And for a dry van, $19,992, you're left with negative $2,398 in some sense. And this is a four-year-old company. Now, these numbers, the reason that we have found success, and this is a terrible thing, but I have to admit that the reason we have found success is because of my business partners. I dispatch. I do not delegate. They drive. I do all the back office. They drive, right? So this is the only reason that we have found success. To be quite honest with you guys, pretty much any time we have hired a driver, we either broke even in the best case, maybe made a small profit in the best case or we lost money. So this is the reality of the current market. But the next thing I want to mention is the current situation with brokers, right? 
Currently, we're in a situation where brokers have more trucks to choose from than they would ever hope for. So the fear of not being able to move a load is simply non-existent. So what did brokers start doing? Well, they started putting roadblocks for carriers to be able to work with them. One of those roadblocks is the fact that more and more brokers refuse to work with newer carriers. So when you get your authority, it doesn't automatically mean that you will be getting any and every load on the load board. Now, the question is, is it still possible to find loads? And yes, but it does take triple the work to find that broker that will be able to work with you. This was not that true in 2019 when we started, but there were still those brokers that required three months, six months, nine months of authority. But now we have brokers who require two years of authority. Some brokers require a billion roadside inspections before they even consider working with you. It's insanity. And this comes from the oversupply of trucks. Finally, I think it's time to talk about cash flow. And this is the lifeline of a trucking business or actually any business in general, right? One thing that I have learned is that in this industry, especially, you have to guard your cash flow with your life. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I get emails constantly asking whether $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 is enough to actually work because people assume that, yeah, I have 10 grand in the account, but money is going to be flowing in because I'm going to be constantly working. So it should be enough, right? Now, I'm going to assume that those 10 grand that you have in the account are after all those startup expenses, right? You don't have any more startup expenses. You are just ready to operate and your operating account has 10 grand in it. So let me talk to you about something that I have shown before in my YouTube, but I think it's time to do a quick refresher lesson. So I'm going to try to explain this as much as possible. I know that you guys are not watching, you're listening. So let's try this. Scenario one, we live in a perfect world. You expect payments all throughout the month, right? You have invoices that are coming due and they're coming due on different days of the month. This is on the broker side. This is what they need to pay you. You also have predicted expenses, right? For example, you know that you have a trailer rental and insurance that is due the first of every month. You have load board expenses that are due the fifth of every month. And then you estimate your fuel and your driver pay. You estimate $1,500 per week for fuel and about $1,750 for driver pay every single Friday. You also know that you are going to have taxes at the end of this month. You have the electronic logging device. So basically, you create a chart. Your starting balance is $10,000. Towards the end of this, with all the payments that are coming in on time, right? We have invoices due every few days, you know, throughout the month. All the payments are coming on time. You predicted all your expenses. Well, even in this case, just from my calculations, your ending balance at the end of the month is 11190 But the problem is, that this is not realistic, right? We can't predict every expense in this industry. Unfortunately, there are constantly expenses that are unpredictable. If you want to know just how unpredictable, I will point you to my video of where I was depressed beyond belief, where I told you guys about the $15,000 in surprise expenses for the 
repair of our truck. So this stuff happens, unfortunately. So let's look at scenario number two. Again, you start with $10,000 and all the brokers are paying you on time, on the due date, right? Which is wonderful. But now there are some unpredictable expenses. For example, scales, not, not a big expense, $13. There was a tire service, your tire went flat, $625. You had to wash your truck because you have a reefer and the shipper would not load you without it, another $83. Then you see that your actual fuel expenses are often higher than what you predicted. They range from $1,200 all the way to $2,500. And your driver pay, it actually ranges from $1,650 all the way to almost $2,000 per week. And then a catastrophe happens. Your truck goes out of service. You need to pay for a tow truck to come in for $300 and haul your rig to the service center and the truck service ends up costing you $7,650. Not great at all. So even in this case, provided that brokers are paying on time, and if you want to see the chart, just go to my YouTube channel and you will see that the actual charts there because it explains it perfectly. But even in this case where there are unexpected expenses, but brokers pay on time, you end up with an ending balance of $1,327. So you just lost over $9,000 in cash flow throughout the month because of those unexpected expenses. But you still have cash to operate. Now, this is not a position I would like any of you to end up in, $1,327. And the operating account is just not enough. But let's take a look at a more realistic scenario where brokers are late. I'm not going to change any expenses. We decided that we have the fixed expenses. We have the unpredictable variable expenses. But what happens now is that brokers start paying you late, right? You had an invoice due on the 1st for $2,400. It was paid on the 6th. Another invoice on the 9th was paid on the 15th. Several invoices from the end of the month were pushed over to next month, right? In this case, the end balance from $10,000 is now negative $5,000 almost. So basically, you are out of cash. And this is the most dangerous thing because something we have to remember in this industry, expenses are due right away. You can't push them off for the most part. But those invoices are paid late. Very often they're paid late. There are some brokers that will sometimes pay on time. Some, very rarely, you'll find a broker that pays you early. ATS is actually one of those brokers. I was very surprised. I got paid five days uh, after delivering the load. It was really nice. But for the most part, brokers do delay that payment because that money is part of their cash flow. And this is why having a good factoring company is always important. But you do have to remember that you won't be getting the full amount of the load when you factor, right? You're going to be giving up 2 to 5% of the load amount. And that can also skew the numbers against you if you're not careful. Trust me, I know. I don't like factoring. I will do it if I absolutely have to. I like to have under skin fat, as I call it, in my company, there is a certain amount of money that I like to see in the account. And I'll factor when that operating account goes below that level that I like. But I do not like factoring because this is money thrown away, in my opinion. So anyway, as I said in the beginning, I'm not here to encourage or discourage anyone from actually getting into the industry. It's not my place to tell you what to do with your life. I'm here just to show the facts of what it is actually like. 
The decision is yours and yours alone. And honestly, we entered the industry with absolutely zero experience in a freight recession in 2019. And four plus years later, we are still here. Others enter in the best of times and go broke. But one thing I want to make abundantly clear is this. Starting a trucking company is extremely easy, relatively speaking. If you have the cash, you can do it, right? If you have the cash to buy your truck, pay for all those permits, everything, you can do it. Keeping it afloat is the challenge because those expenses, the current inflation and the current market conditions, all of those things are currently working against you. Is it doable? Yeah, it's doable for sure. Nothing in this world is impossible, but you have to measure that inflow and outflow of cash like you would water on a ship that is on the verge of sinking. Does that mean that carriers are predominantly on the verge of sinking right now? Well, yeah. Many carriers are in survival mode. Make sure those expenses don't exceed that income. Break even to stay afloat and forget about profit. Work triple to get one third of the result. This is what it is like right now. And I'm talking from experience. One of the reasons I'm so exhausted all the time is because I know that I'm working four, five, ten times harder to achieve a fraction of the result, right? And this really weighs on you. Anyway, guys, I hope I answered some of those questions regarding whether it's a good time to get into this industry. I hope I made myself clear on the podcast or as clear as possible, given that there are no visuals. But yeah, I mean, something to remember really in this industry is it's easy to get in. It's hard to stay afloat. And one of the best pieces of advice I can give you if you're looking to get into this industry is always overestimate your expenses and anything bad that can happen and underestimate the income and anything good that can happen. If in that scenario, in that theoretical scenario you create, you're still successful, go for it. This is how I like to live my life. This is why people call me a Debbie Downer. This is why people don't really understand me as a person more often than not is because I always look at the negative. But I do this from a strategic point of view because I know that if I overestimate the negative, I'm either better prepared than anyone else or I'm pleasantly surprised if something does go better than I initially expected. Anyway, guys, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you in the next podcast. Mm -hmm.